Welcome in the latest episode of that SEC podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter, and I'm joined, as always, by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Balls on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee homer? <laughs> hey, buddy, what's going on? <laughs> oh, man, I'm doing well over here. Uh, but I got to be completely honest, Shane, we mm. love, you know, that's the only way we are with the audience is trying to yep. find some good clips. And uh, I found some clips, but they just don't <laughs> compare to what we had on yesterday's show. So I had to get yeah. creative. We're going to have a, a, sh- a show theme here, going to hit on all 14 SEC teams. Otherwise, this was not going to be a show worth doing. You know what? Absolutely. And if you're sitting there and you're like, I'm trying to debate, should I open up this can of monster now or should I do it? Do it now. Okay. Cause you're going to need it to get through some of these coaches, nothing against them. They, 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 they put out some good facts, but man, they did not put any, uh, any emotion into these calls. So, uh, but we got some good stuff. I mean, it is spring. We got some activity. Y'all need to know what's going on. And we got, we do got some good stuff coming to you. Yeah, no doubt, Shane. So the the theme of this show, again, we love to hit on all 14 SEC teams, if possible. Try to come up with any way we can do that. And we're going to do it right here, Shane. The most important game for every team next season to have a successful season based on what the expectations are for that team. I've got a selection for every team, and Shane is either going to agree or he is going to tear it to shreds and make the correct (laughs) selection. Does that all make sense, and are you ready for this challenge? Absolutely, absolutely. And what you guys don't know, Mike Mike gave me like, hey, we're going to do this today. I've got some clips. I'm going to send those over to you. And then like two minutes into this call, he's like, hey, Throw that all out. We're going to do this. So I am ill-prepared as usual, but that's sometimes the best, Mike. <laughs> all right, so let's start. Uh, just go in alphabetical order here, Shane. Alabama, throw up the uh, schedule if you're watching on the YouTubes. But uh, there's not many games, I think, that you could honestly say define a season for Alabama. A&M is a growing rivalry. That is on the road last time they were at Kyle Field. They lost Mm -hmm. that ball game, so you could certainly make the case for Texas A&M. Tennessee is a revenge game. They actually, you know, gave you a pretty good contest there in Bryant-Denny two years ago for the first three or so quarters of that football game before you pulled away. And, of course, the revenge factor. The Iron Bowl, we cannot overlook. I mean, it's it's the best rivalry in in all of college football, in my opinion. But where – Nick Saban and company are at. I think the only answer for Alabama, Shane, I think this is an easy one. LSU at home November 4th, that is a critical game in my opinion. And I think the one that will define how successful Alabama is next season. Do you agree or disagree with that selection? Uh I I agree to a certain extent, Mike, because obviously those games are very important. So is Tennessee. You know, they got both those teams, LSU, back-to-back at home. Uh, but there is a little little breather. They will have a bye week, you know, to prepare for LSU as usual. So, mm-hmm. I'm I'm going to go a little bit different here, Mike. I, I got my mm-hmm. eyes on this Texas game. And, and the reason I Texas. do is because, 
Yes, Alabama versus Texas. And the reason that I've got my eyes on that game, Mike, is just because how embarrassing it was last year. There, it, it, it seemed like it was the start of the fall of the dominoes down there in Tuscaloosa. You know, that this kind of – that game kind of humanized them and, and made them obtainable and, and teams were less scared of them, you know. And, and I think it's very important for Nick Saban this year to not to – not Peter around, man, to come out here and just start kicking ass right out of the gate. And I think if you can hang 30, 40 points on Texas, you could say, hey, Alabama is back. They've got a – after that, they got South Florida, Ole Miss, Mississippi State. I mean, you want to talk about some momentum coming into the, mid of the uh, middle of that season. Um, I'm looking at Texas because they're going to put it on the spotlight. It's going to be a massive game. All eyes are going to be on it. And uh, I think it's very important for Nick Saban this season to come out and dominate that one. Well, I will say this, Shane, you know, last season, that was the first red flag we had for the season. We thought they were just going to yeah. steamroll them Longhorns. They damn near lost the game. So you could be on to something there. All right. How about uh, Arkansas, Shane? A lot of quality ones here. The, the non-conference is certainly a lot more manageable than it has been in seasons past. The toughest game, I would argue, mm -hmm. BYU at home. Uh, LSU, that's a that's a great rivalry matchup. Late in the season, Florida. I mean that that could be a season definer as well. Ole Miss, that's Arkansas. Ole Miss. I'm glad to see it, it reportedly in the new schedule format. That'll be an annual game because it's always so much fun. But uh, yeah. recently had John Neighbors on the show, and I think he nailed this one, Shane. Arkansas seasons seem to only go as well as. How they do in Arlington against Texas A&M. <laughs> uh, now, certainly, you know, right prior to that game, they, they are on the road at LSU. That's a huge game because you go on the road, right. you beat the, the defending SEC West champs. That sets you up for a, for a hell of a season. But um, I just think that A&M game is of such importance because what you want to do is you want to keep Texas A&M below you. And yeah. th that's where they were in the standings last season. And mm -hmm. the only way to keep them there is to beat them. And that has been a house of horrors for them Razorbacks. Mm -hmm. So whether Arkansas is going to have a good season or not next season, uh, I think the biggest game they've got to, you know, swing game they've got to get is that Texas A&M game. What's your thoughts? Yeah, I, I think they're definitely on that list, Mike. And and similar to last year, we, we kept circling the Texas A&M and Alabama game. We said, hey, they get past one of these, you know, if maybe both of them, you know, Arkansas is going to have a hell of a run, and and they fumbled that. And Mike, I I think getting that victory early is big for them, but I'm going to go weeks sooner. I think the LSU game, uh, not as important last year. It will be this one. This is your West champ coming in. This is uh, game four. The you know things are s smooth selling right now. You got Western Kentucky. You got Kent State. Hopefully BYU, you can put those guys away real quick. It's going to be a home game. But LSU is going to be their toughest, toughest matchup right out of the gate. And and Arkansas comes across as a momentum team at times. And I think if you can get that one, I think that would, you know, kind of vault you into that Texas A&M game. So uh, you come in there with your, with your heads down, then Texas A&M could uh, just put another loss on you. So I, I think all that momentum starts with uh, the trip down to LSU. Going a step further, Shane, I mean, my goodness, just looking at that slate, 
at LSU, <laughs> A&M and Arlington, of course, at yeah. Ole Miss, at Alabama. Four games in a row. Tough four. On the road or at least away from Razorback Stadium, all SEC West opponents. That's got to be the toughest four-game stretch any SEC team's got. I mean, the, the beginning's manageable, the end is manageable. But yeah. They made a pay for it right there in the middle, didn't that's they? Right, right in the middle. and But that's the key. After that Bama game, you got Mississippi State, Florida, Auburn, FIU, Missouri. You, we sit there long enough, I could convince you that they can win every one of those games, Mike. But that, that four-game stretch is all kicked off by LSU, and that's why I've got it higher on my list. All right, how about the Auburn Tigers, Shane? First year, of course, under Hugh Freeze. Expectations rising on the plains. Already getting fans asking, can they win 10 games year one? <laughs> Boy, I mean, if they could, Hugh is SEC Coach of the Year, no doubt. A lot of tricky mm -hmm. games on here. Uh, you know, they'd love to, to flip the series against Georgia. Of course, that's a lot easier said than done. Uh, LSU, one of the better rivalries in the SEC. Uh, the Arkansas, that, that's been a big game here in recent seasons. And, of course, the Iron Bowl. Any mm -hmm. one of those you could kind of talk me into, Shane, but I'm going to throw a little wild card at you here, and I hate to go so Aggie-friendly here, but uh, I think it's Texas A&M for, for a lot yeah. of the reasons you made the case for Arkansas-LSU. I think Auburn will be undefeated going into that A&M game, and, uh, hey, this is a team. The, the season was a disaster last year, of course. You had to fire your coach and everything, but you beat A&M. Now, yeah. that, was, that was at a home, and A&M was a huge, huge disappointment. So that maybe it's not fair to, to say, Hugh, year one, you got to go on the road <laughs> in one of the most hostile environments. Remember, Shane, even though A&M had a very disappointing season, those fans are incredible. They stayed throughout, made College Station uh, an incredible home field environment. The only one that the, the exception, I can't remember who they were playing. Do you remember that guy who was just running around in the in the stands waving his towel because it was it was such an ugly game. It was a downpour. It was like New Mexico or something. They were yeah. And they were killing them. So I mean, aside from that, you're gonna get an extremely hostile environment in College mm -hmm. Station. But the fans aren't playing the game. It's it's obviously the players on the field. So I think Auburn, if you're gonna have a great season. You got to get that first one, even though it is yeah. on the road against A and M. Again, you want to keep A and M below you. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but that should be the goal. You're trying to climb the SEC West. If if right. if A and M beats you, then all of a sudden you're below them once again. So I think this is a, a paramount game for Hugh Freeze and company. What's your thoughts on that selection? Dude, I mean, how big is that game, Mike? You know, I mean, for both teams, what if what if what if Jimbo loses during that one? Could you imagine four weeks in and, and we've got a loss to the Auburn Tigers, a team with a new coach and a and a picked apart team. So I I think it's a pivotal game. I think it's a tough game. But Mike, when I'm looking at Auburn, I don't think the expectations are as high as they will be. I think it ramps up real quick and uh in in Hugh Freeze tenure down there. But but Texas AM, Georgia, LSU, those three games, they're not going to be favored in either one of them. You know, the one I've got my eye on is Ole Miss. And the reason is, I mean, obviously, Hugh Freeze, Ole Miss, come on, how can that I can hear the stories now. I can but but it also triggers a stretch of games where Auburn can become bowl eligible, where they can, you know, take a 
potential three loss in a row and, and turn it into a hell of a season when they go Mississippi, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Vanderbilt, Arkansas, New Mexico State. You know, up to that Iron Bowl game, they've got a, a nice little stretch. And again, I can I can convince you if we had long enough time here that they can win those games. So I, I think that is is for me, Mike is is a big game. Um, you know, kind of get that monkey off his back. And uh, I like the Texas A and M. I just I don't think it's I don't think it's pivotal that they win it. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Like, mm-hmm. I, if they lose a game, we're not saying, "Oh shit, Hugh Freeze is a terrible hire." Right. But you know, if he goes to Ole Miss or if he goes to Vanderbilt or Mississippi State, I mean, we could start saying, "Well, maybe he wasn't the right guy," you know, or something along those lines. I just think those games uh, will mean more because uh, you know expectations. No, that's a great point, Shane, and I hadn't quite thought about it like you said. But yeah, if you're Auburn. Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Vanderbilt, and Arkansas, no disrespect to those programs, but those are teams you're expected to beat annually. Uh-huh. So, I mean, there there is an opportunity to, to go on a run. I'm not certainly saying that's going to happen because right. uh, Hugh has had his issues with Arkansas and Mississippi State. And <laughs> don't forget, Shane, one thing we, we didn't reference, but Ole Miss might be the best answer, like you said. Um, and, and it's something you didn't even hit on there. Lane Kiffin. You know, the drama there between oh, will yeah. he or won't he go to Auburn, that is developing into a nice little rivalry. They stole away one of Lane's assistant coaches down there. So there, that's a budding rivalry, no doubt. That uh, Yeah, that, that's a good one. And at home. You, you might you yeah. may have just proven me wrong right there. Come on now. Come on. <laughs> All right, how about Florida, Shane? I mean, again, a lot of tricky games here at Utah in the season opener. Of course, you know, they won that game last year and the, and the season was still a disappointment. So I don't know how heavy I, I factor in a, a week one game all the way across the country on the road. Tennessee, you could certainly make the case. Uh, you know, they, they've been so dominant against the Volunteers over the years. Mm-hmm. Uh, Georgia, I mean, that's that's one every Florida fan wants to win. Missouri, Florida State, LSU. I mean, these, these are some tough, tough matchups, Shane. But to me... Yeah. You're the head coach of the Florida Gators. You beat Kentucky 30-something years in a row, yet here lately they're getting your number more than you're getting theirs. And I don't care that it's in Lexington. And I know Lexington has become a hostile environment. If I'm Billy Napier, I mean, I made the, I've made the joke on Paul Feinbaum that Vanderbilt's must win, <laughs> and it kind of is after you, you lost to him. But to me, a must win to have a great season for Florida is Kentucky on the road. You simply cannot lose to Kentucky two years in a row if you're in your second year as a Florida coach. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, yeah, Mike. I think when you take a job in Florida especially – there's a couple that you're expected to win. And Kentucky is definitely one of those, but I, I truly think Tennessee's one of those too, man. Mm-hmm. You know, you 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 were not uh, – now, Georgia, yeah, we know we got to work on that for a little bit. LSU at times, we know that's going to be a, a, a tough, tough game. But Tennessee, Kentucky, these are programs that Florida historically has had no problems with, and they have here the last few seasons. So – I'm I'm good either way, Mike. Kentucky, Tennessee. The reason I like the, the the Tennessee one just a little bit more, it is at home. 
you know, you're, you're coming off a, a tough Utah game. Don't know if you're going to win or lose that one. But, you know, if you're three games in and you got two losses, you know, that hot seat talk picks up real quick down there in Gainesville. So um, I'm, I'm good with either one, man. All right. How about Georgia, Shane? I mean, I laugh every time I look at this <laughs> schedule, Shane, and it's, uh, you know, no fault necessarily of the Bulldogs. They were supposed to play Oklahoma, and I believe that was on the road. But uh, the SEC made them cancel that one. But, uh, mm-hmm. again, I mean, they're going to be favored in every damn game here. And, really, I mean, I've said it time and again, I think the only one where they could possibly be tested is, unfortunately, for uh, us football Not for Bulldog fans. They're going to love every second of it. But football fans uh, outside of Athens, I think the, the game that will define you is at Tennessee, November 18th. Yep. Because I I still think Tennessee is your biggest challenger in the East. Could be South Carolina early in the year, but uh, I've made that prediction before. I ain't making it this offseason, Shane. (laughs) So, for me, I think it's an easy answer for Georgia. I think it's the second-to-last game at Tennessee. What's your thoughts? Yeah, that or the SEC championship game. I mean, <laughs> pencil that one in there. I, <laughs> I mean, because who we fooling, man? The, the Bulldogs are, are – I, I see nothing slowing them down right now. So, when you're looking at this schedule, obviously the one that stands out to me is going to Knoxville. Uh, you know, it was a loud environment down there. It's going to be a loud environment up in Tennessee. So, uh, that's easily the one like, – because I think that's what the East comes down to is South Carolina, Tennessee – uh georgia those those three teams and getting south carolina early i guess that's a little intriguing it is it is in columbia you know you've got you know i mean that one could go if you're going to get georgia you'd want it to i would think it'd be early you know what i'm saying like before the the team completely gets acclimated in their system that's one thing about tennessee is they got them second to last game right before georgia tech so Oh, I don't know. More I'm talking about it, maybe I'm convincing myself South Carolina should be that one. So uh, I, I think I'm going to go South Carolina, Mike. I, I'm going to switch it up. You got me with Tennessee, uh, but I think early in the season, new quarterback, all them new faces. You're playing in a rowdy. I'm sure that's going to be a night game. I hope it's a night game. Uh, if not, it's definitely going to be a three thirty game. So give me Georgia, South Carolina. I think that's a pivotal game. Okay. All right. How about Kentucky, Shane? We're Again, we talked about the Florida game. That, that may be your answer, particularly you're getting Florida at home. Um, mm-hmm. It seems like when Kentucky beats Florida, they generally, you know, not maybe not last season, but generally that defines how good their season is going to be. They'd love to get Georgia finally. They, they've never beaten Georgia under Mark Stoops. So, I mean, that certainly has got to be one that's circled, but it's in Athens. So, you can't judge this team on – going down to the back-to-back national champions and beating them in Athens. So that one was not a selection made by me. Uh, Alabama's coming to town. That would be huge. You got this Mm -hmm. great rivalry building with South Carolina. I mean, that certainly could be the game, Shane. I'm kind of – I'm circling that one in pencil because the one I got in pen, Shane, October 28th at home, Tennessee comes to town. Kentucky – Hates Tennessee, I think, more than anybody. And just mm-hmm. that growing rivalry, Mark Stoops, Josh Heupel, they've gotten you two years in a row and just flat out embarrassed you last season. Right. I think the Tennessee game defines how good of a season Kentucky will have next year. 
What's your thoughts on that selection? Well, obviously, one of my ultimate favorite games and one that we're potentially going to lose on an annual base, so that makes it a little bit more intriguing. But uh, I, I think you hit it right out of the gate, that Florida one. You know, this is a Kentucky program that is expecting to beat Florida now. And the way their schedule opens up, there's you can make the argument they're 5-0 and when they're going down there to Athens to play Georgia, undefeated in October. So – um, I, I just, you know, they're going to try to convince us that all these transfers coming in, that, that Kentucky's back, and, you know, they didn't miss a step. We, well, if you're not missing a step, then you're not losing to Florida. So, as much as I love the Tennessee-Kentucky matchup, Mike, I've got that Florida game circled, and it's at home. It's when they can't afford to drop right before uh, the Georgia matchup. Well, let me put it to you this way, Shane, and I'm not guaranteeing this is going to happen by any means, but let's say Florida, who, again, they have to go to Utah week Mm -hmm. one, and they host Tennessee week three. I mean, you could easily talk me into Florida losing both those games. So so you're sitting here saying a potential two-and-two Florida is the biggest game on Kentucky's schedule when when Tennessee could be, I, I don't know, seven and you know seven and one six and one maybe undefeated coming mm-hmm. up to lexington you think you still think florida would be a bigger game well maybe maybe i'm i'm getting caught between a, a good game and a must win you know what i'm saying like mm-hmm. florida feels like a must win yeah if they're going to if they're going to beat georgia i mean forget tennessee for a second man we're uh, kentucky's still waiting for that shot to actually win the east and if this quarterback is legit, if if they really have made the improvement on the offensive line, we know the running back room is going to be just as good. I, 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 you know, you can make a case that that this is the year for the Kentucky Wildcats. And I know it sounds crazy, but they've got some tough teams, man. I mean, tough games. Alabama is on the schedule. Uh, Georgia on the schedule. So. Tennessee, yeah, there's there's some big games that they're going to have to play, but there's only a handful of must wins, and and that's the that's the Florida game in my opinion. Mm-hmm. If you lose to Tennessee, I'm I'm not saying that you, you that the season's over, but you know if you're also playing Tennessee and they're a top ten program at that time, and, and you drop, you know I I can't say that it was a uh, I don't know man I don't know the more I think about it I mean this schedule alone. Is going to be freaking exciting to watch, but <laughs> shit, maybe it is the Tennessee one. I don't know, man, because I know how much it means to the fan base, right. you know, and maybe that's that should be the factor. If I'm talking every Kentucky fan that I ever know, you know, that's that's the game that has that is at the top of their list. It's not the Florida Gators, you know. South Carolina's moving up pretty damn quick, but but I think you may be right. I think it maybe it is Tennessee. So October twenty eighth. You got you got two weeks to prepare for that game. It's at home, so yeah. Give me Kentucky. Give me Tennessee. <laughs> Bring back I, the beer barrel. I'm glad I swung <laughs> it that way. All right, Shane. How about LSU? A lot of interesting matchups for the Tigers this season that uh, could potentially trip them up. You know, Week One, Florida State, not true on the road, but it's in Orlando. I I would imagine there's going to be a lot of FSU fans there. At Mississippi mm-hmm. State, that's always kind of a crossroads game. Whoever wins it kind of has the better season. Uh, and, and Starkville is certainly no easy place to play. Auburn's a, a, an interesting one. Florida, A&M, whooped you in College Station last year. I think that's going to be a huge game next season. LSU, Texas A&M. But 
much the same as Alabama. I think LSU now, under Brian Kelly, the expectation should be competing and winning championships. And the only way you're going to do that in the SEC West as it's currently constructed is by beating Alabama, even though it is on the road November 4th. I think LSU, the biggest game for them to have a great season is Alabama on the road. What's your thoughts? Yep. Uh, I mean, again, two weeks to prepare for this one. And, you know, you don't want that, well, you got Alabama on a bad year. Bob, you know, you don't you, you don't want that to be the thing. You cuz that's what everybody's going to say. Well, Nick Saban had a bad season, but he's back, you know. Yep. That was a fluke. There was only one chance you had to win the West and you took advantage of it. So, is this uh, is this a successful coach? Absolutely. Are they going to build off last season? I think so. They got a good quarterback. They got a lot of great pieces coming back to that program, but this is a program that you know, say what you want, Mike. Made it to an SEC championship last year, and they're expecting the same damn thing this season. So to do that, you've got to beat Alabama November 4th. Massive game, and I agree with you. All right, how about Ole Miss, Shane? Interesting schedule. You got Tulane on the road. I remember Tulane beat Southern Cal in the Cotton Bowl New Year's Six Day. So, I mean, this is a this is this ain't your daddy's Tulane, Shane. <laughs> Could certainly yeah. make the case for that. Alabama uh, you know, Ole Miss fans are dying to beat the Crimson Tide. Pete Golding revenge type game. That'll be interesting. LSU, that's that's a great rivalry. Uh, A&M, remember Kiffin called Jimbo a clown after beating him. So, hey, there's, there's certainly no love lost there. The Egg Bowl, one of the best games annually in the SEC. But for me, Shane, it's Arkansas. And... Mm. Interesting choice, I would say, but uh, you know, right yeah. in the middle of your schedule, you got an opportunity to go on a little bit of a run here if you can beat Arkansas at Auburn, Vanderbilt at home, A&M at home. I could see you winning all four of those games, but it's got to start, and, and hell, maybe even LSU the week prior. I mean, we're talking a serious, serious run sandwiched in between road trips to Alabama and Georgia. If Ole Miss is going to have a great season – you kind of have mm-hmm. to win all those games there. So maybe I'm making the case for LSU should have been the selection. But uh, I kind of split the difference there. I think Arkansas is a huge, huge game for Ole Miss. What's your thoughts on that selection? Whew, what a tough schedule. Yeah, I'm looking at it here. You got you got at Georgia, at Bama. I mean, there, there are some tough damn – damn games on this schedule and yep. and you know i could see definitely arkansas being being a very important game obviously uh but they all are man they're all they're all very important and and they've got a tough little road to get to the end of this season and the one that stands out to me mike is that magnolia bowl there with lsu you got them at home mm-hmm. you know alabama is a game that obviously i i would think if you were to ask kiffin in a quiet room and you wouldn't tell anybody which one is the one that you really want <laughs> obviously bama beating Papaw is going to be huge but <laughs> but realistically you lose that game nobody's firing you nobody's upset you know Mm-hmm. I, I think coming off of that game and then facing the LSU Tigers, that's a team that if you're an Ole Miss fan, you think, hey, we can beat. Just like last year, Mike. That was a hell of a game. I, I thought Ole Miss was going to beat LSU last year, you know, and I, I think those teams are, are very closely matched. So 
Um, give me, give me LSU. I'm going to go with LSU. I like the Arkansas one. Don't get me wrong. They're all good. They're all pivotal, but, but you know, you don't want a two game slump coming into that Arkansas matchup. Right. All right. How about Mississippi state Shane? Again, another one with a lot of tricky games here, uh, out South Carolina. I think that is a, a lot of people are not looking at that game early in the season, but I think that is going to be one hell of a matchup in Columbia, uh, at Arkansas. You beat Arkansas last year. You'd love to do it again. Uh, Auburn, Texas A&M, they've beaten Texas A&M more than Texas A&M has beaten them since being in the SEC. The Egg Bowl is an all-important game, but I kind of hinted at this one earlier, Shane, when we were talking about LSU. I think it's at home, first SEC game against the Tigers, and – you know, we'll learn a lot, I think, about Zach Arnett and the new offense against the Tigers. And I'm not I'm not sitting here saying this is a must win. You first time coach going up against Brian Kelly and all he's bringing back. Uh, you know, you're going to be the underdog. But yeah. Mississippi State is almost always an underdog against LSU. Yet they've won a you know their fair share, not as many as they'd like, but they've won a couple of these games. And when they do win them, they generally have. A really good season. Should have beat them last year, really, if you uh, remember that game. So, for me, Shane, I think it's LSU. I, th- I think the week three of the season, I think this will be a defining game for Mississippi State the first year under Zach Arnett. Yeah, I'm very curious how this season plays out for them Bulldogs. And, and you know, I'm looking at this schedule, and, and you could make a case for a lot of these games. But one thing I, I do notice is that back half, you know, I, I mean – is Arnett our guy? You know, I'm not saying he's going to be on a hot seat after year one, but there's going to be a lot of question marks, you know, starting this season, ending this season. And how do you end uh, this this season is import, just as important as the start. So I think when you're looking at it, there's a lot of winnable games on that back half, but the most important one is the Egg Bowl, Mike, is Ole Miss because Mississippi State, just the whole state in general, is, is it's it's – that's the thing you know that's the super bowl that's the sec championship for some and -hmm. if you can't you know you can't go undefeated well you better win that damn game at least so i I think if if arnesco stick around it's important that they keep winning that matchup so uh give me old miss okay yeah and they finally snap that streak last year so giving it the egg bowl right back to old miss you're right that's that would not go over well at starkville you know what no no, it feels like you're taking a step back, you know, especially when predominant, you know, recruits are coming from the state of Mississippi. It's a prideful state. Right. So, you know, giving that egg bowl away is is you don't want to see that. You don't want to see a drop off. This is a team that typically stays toward the top 25 most of the year and we can't afford, you know, cuz sometimes when you 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 have a couple of bad recruiting classes and a couple of bad seasons. I mean, it takes decade to to dig yourself out of that hole, especially if you're a you know a program like Mississippi State here. Yep. All right. How about Missouri, Shane? Again, a, a lot of interesting matchups here <laughs> at Vanderbilt. Your first SEC game, and I, you know you may mock that, but hell, remember they nearly lost to Vanderbilt last year, and mm-hmm. that was before Vanderbilt went on their run. So that's an important one. LSU at home. I mean, that's going to be a difficult one, but they have beaten LSU on Farrow Field before uh, at Kentucky. That's always a great game. You beat South Carolina on the road, and they were ranked at the time. That's a pivotal game. 
Tennessee you'd love to get. Florida is always a, a, a good matchup with Missouri. And then at Arkansas, the, the rivalry, that's not a rivalry according to some, but uh, that's an important one. This is the only one, Shane, where I'm going on this list and picking a non-conference game, and I think it's mm. Kansas State, week three, at home. They, I believe they won the Big 12 last year. So, I mean, this is yeah. not going to be an not easy game by any means. But it, it was kind of the game where – remember how excited we all were for Missouri this time last year, and then they just got destroyed mm-hmm. by Kansas State, and all of a sudden it was – it was doobie gloob up there, uh, even though the season was not a total disaster. But that just all the air went out of that program, I felt like, when they got destroyed by Kansas State. It's time for Drink to show you know, that the, he can compete in the East, be a little bit better of a program, yeah. and it start – you're getting them at home. There's no excuse. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying you have to win it, but I think it would go a long, long way to proving that Missouri is – has taken a significant step from last season. So I'm going with Kansas state. What's your thoughts on that pick? Yeah, that's, that is good, man, because, you know, you're looking at Mizzou, there's a real shot here of, of, of starting the season five and oh, and that's right. the momentum that Eli needs, man. That's the momentum that this team needs coming into that sec play. So it's all took off the rails if you drop one at home to Kansas State. So, yes, very, very important game. And the fact that they they were on a stage last year, you know, this is a program that, that people recognize. You know, you may not have watched all the Kansas State games, but you know that they're a good program. And if you could come out and beat that good program, I think that just kind of just – I don't know, kind of galvanizes what, what Drink's trying to do up there in Columbia. So, yep. um, yeah, I, I like that one. Now, Kentucky, South Carolina, those those two back-to-back, those are going to be fun because none of those coaches like each other. So, uh, you know, they'd love love to win those games. But, but I'm with <laughs> you. I'm going to go Kansas State here as well. All right, how about South Carolina, Shane? Again, we, we've made a good emphasis on this many shows here, but tough schedule right out the gate. North Carolina in mm-hmm. Charlotte. Uh, at Georgia week three, Mississippi State at home the next week. Could make the case for any of those games. Florida is one that just torched you last season. You beaten them in last time they came to Columbia, so it would be great to get some revenge. Missouri's on the road. They they beat you at home last year, so that's, that's an important one. You finally snapped the Texas A&M streak last year. You'd hate for that to swing back the other way. Clemson, of course, same deal. Snap the streak. You'd hate for it to go back the other way. So these are all big games here. And hell, I overlooked Kentucky Shade. Where again, that's that's a growing rivalry. That uh, I, you know, we we joked on the last episode. If, if there's one coach Shane Beaver wants to fight, I think it's that man right there, Mark Stoops. So there's a <laughs> lot of interesting games here, Shane. But one I skipped over because I was saving it for the last. At Tennessee, September 30th. Yeah. I think that's the one because South Carolina, I think the goal right now, I mean, of course, you're, you're striving for championships. You're trying to win the East. You're trying to win the SEC. But we got to not put the cart before the horse, so to speak. You know, it's one step at a time. And they have done that and they continue to make strides. So what's the next step, Shane? I think the next step for South Carolina is leapfrogging Tennessee and I'm not saying they are going to do it but I'm saying that should be their goal and it ain't easy because you got to go up to Neyland Stadium 
but you smoked them last year. And if you turn around, I don't care if you lose by one point, it'll, to me, it'll feel like a step back because of the pieces you're bringing back are the guys that smoked Tennessee last year. So to me, for South Carolina to really have a good year, I think they got to beat Tennessee on the road. What's your thoughts there? Yeah, I, I do too, because, you know, you it's like Georgia. Everybody knows just how dominant they're going to be and, and most likely going to be the number one seed in the East. But, you know, you could poll four or five of these other universities and say, who do you think is the second best team in the East? And they'll always say their school, you know. And I'm looking at not just South Carolina, but there's Tennessee, Georgia, or I'm, I'm sorry, Kentucky, you know, Missouri. These, these programs, truth – truly believe that they're the second best team and Mm -hmm. you know last season you know that was a tough game for Tennessee but when you win an emotional game like that and you chirp all off season you know they save receipts they're looking for you Tennessee Vols is going to give you the best football they've ever had and and so will South Carolina I think this is going to be a monumental game in deciding the east so uh yeah I'm I'm all for it. It's in Knoxville. We're we're five weeks in. You know, we're not even in October yet, and this is deciding the season. So, yeah, give me South Carolina and Tennessee. Massive game. All right, how about uh, speaking of Tennessee, let's go to their schedule. Shane, open, I guess, Virginia in Nashville. It's kind of a tricky game. I'm not too worried about it, Father Vall, but uh, certainly one you don't want to drop. Uh, we just referenced that South Carolina game. That'll be huge. You got A&M coming into Neyland mm-hmm. Stadium. I think Texas A&M has, you know, a big chance as long as, long as Jimbo's still the coach and Bobby Petrino's still the offensive coordinator by this October 14th. I think that'll be a pivotal game and one we should not be overlooking. I mean, I think I legitimately think this could be a top 15 type showdown by the time that game gets here. Yeah. So that could be huge at Alabama, at Kentucky, Georgia, near the second-to-last game of the season. Any one of those you could make the case for, Shane. But I'm going with that dreaded Florida game on the road in Gainesville. It's been a house of horrors the swamp has been for them <laughs> balls, Shane. And, it, you know, similar theme you may be hearing in a lot of these selections for me, Shane, but it's a team you beat last year, a team that – you are above in the standings. You want to keep them there. I think if Billy Napier finds a way to flip that back towards the Gators' direction, you know, I'm not sitting here saying it would be doom and gloom for Josh Heupel, but I think it's very, very important that Tennessee continues. I mean, because, again, Tennessee now the standard, Shane, is, is to compete with Georgia, trying to get over that hump. You, you've beaten Alabama. Hell, I mean, that's the second-best yeah. program in the country. You cannot be losing – to Florida, given their the current state of their rebuild. I don't care where that game is. That's going to be a tricky one. And I got a feeling, Shane, knowing that series, it's going to come down to, you know, Florida will be down five with 90 seconds left on the clock, and they get, they're get they taking the ball at the 20-yard line after Tennessee hit a field goal or something. And, and the game will come down to that final possession, and I have no idea how it's going to come out. But I've seen it. One too many times, Florida pulls one <laughs> right out of their ass. You know what? 
Well, and, and it's always been a, a, a big game. I mean, I, I think the 90s, you know, this this is what decided who was going to an SEC championship, and yeah. it was always early in the season, you know. So it was a long season for one team, usually the balls, and, uh, you know, it, it's another great season for someone else. So, But I, I'm, I'm going a little different here, Mike. We've just talked on this game, and, and the more it just it sits out there, I'm looking at it, that South Carolina game. Mm-hmm. That South Carolina game is more than just – it's personal. It's a personal game now, you know. And, and there's – seriously, there's going to be so much shit talking this season, this offseason. Uh, you know, Tennessee feels like they let one go. They feel like they blew an opportunity. South Carolina feels like they've got Tennessee's number, you know. And, and the beautiful part is we get to, we get to watch it unfold again. So – I don't think Tennessee's as worried right now, and I don't think they're worried about South Carolina, but it's more of an emotional game. And, and sometimes those emotional games, similar to the Florida games in the past, you know, you, you play them closer than you should. So um, that's the one I've got. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I, maybe that's just me personally. <laughs> maybe I'm just being – maybe I'm being a little selfish here, and that's the one I want to see, but – uh, because there's some great ones. You, you do we repeat with Alabama? Is this the year that we could beat Georgia? You know, the, you, you ask these questions, but you know the South Carolina one is still so fresh in my mind. Maybe here in a couple months, I won't be thinking of it as much. I, I may <laughs> switch it up and say, you know what? I think we need to go back to to Bama or something. You know, but for the time <laughs> being, give me South Carolina. All right, all right. How about Texas A&M, Shane? A lot of interesting games on this schedule. Uh, week two at Miami is an interesting one. We've already referenced uh, the first SEC game, Auburn at home. Arkansas and Arlington's always a great game. Could certainly make the case Alabama. And, uh, you know, before anyone laughs at that, Texas A&M plays Alabama as well as anybody in the country that game's personal between Jimbo and Nick Saban. So I am not writing off A&M's chances to beat Alabama once again in College Station. At Tennessee, at Tennessee that's a tough game. You'd love to flip mm-hmm. back the South Carolina series. Uh, the bad blood between Jimbo and, and Lane at Ole Miss, that's an interesting one. Mississippi State, always a much more competitive series than I think people around the SEC realize and of course the the finale on the road in Death Valley but I'm gonna, I oh I, I guess I'm breaking my rule I did I forgot about this one Shane <laughs> this is the only other one where I'm going with a non-conference and it's not even the matchup Shane I just think it's it's getting past last season's disappointment if we lose week two at Miami yeah. God I mean, the season, I don't, it, it won't end that day, but the negativity and all that is just going to start all over again. Yep. And we're, this is before we even get to SEC play, where no one hardly ever survives, uh, you know, going undefeated in conference play. So for me, it's at Miami. And uh, that may not be fair, but uh, that's kind of how I see this playing out. You should beat the hell out of Miami. They're not a very good program. You got better players. You got a better quarterback. You should have a better head coach. I don't know if you do, but we'll find out week two of the season going on the road at Miami, I think, is is critical for Texas A&M. Man. 
I'm telling you, man, there is just so much damn pressure down there. I'm looking at all these games. Hell, you could you could make a case New Mexico's important. <laughs> you know, just I, I I mean, you know, they all eyes are gonna be on 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 the Aggies this year and was last year a fluke or is it a continuation of just terrible coaching at times, you know, or, or play calling. So I'm not saying that and I'm not I'm trying to be positive, Mike. I really am. So I could see why you went Miami there because I am very intrigued with that game as well. Uh, there was a lot of games early in the season last year. We kept saying, man, Texas A&M, this ain't going to be a ball game. And then it is even that Miami one, man, that you played that game three more times. I don't know. I don't know if, if A&M would have won it. So, um, I'm going to go with you there. I, I, the only other one is shit, Mike, all of them, brother. We're looking New Mexico, Miami, ULM, Auburn, Arkansas, Alabama. You know, short of the Alabama game, you've got to win all those, man. I, I think you do, or or you're out. So I'm probably gonna go with I'm probably gonna go with you here. I but I could go with either one of them. Any game's important. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. Dude, I'll tell you, I Jimbo can't be sleeping right now. I mean, that's probably why he's so wiry these days. Right. But I'd be tossing and turning. There's there's just absolutely so much pressure, and, and people want to know. That's why you hear these press conferences, and that, all it is is talking about the OC, you know, for 30 minutes because they want to know. They want to be convinced that last year was a fluke. So is it? I don't know. But by September 9th at Miami, we sure the hell going to find out. Well, let me say this too, Shane, because I, I, I don't know if there's any A&M Fans left on this show. They may have all canceled us out, but I swear I'm not trying to be negative. I'm just, you know, I just give my opinion as I see it. And uh, but if you win against Miami, which certainly I think you should, yeah. First SEC game, Auburn, year one, Hugh Freeze at home. You should win yeah. that one. Arkansas, you beat them. What is it like nine out of ten? You beat them every year. Yeah, that should be another win. I mean, we could be sitting here five and zero. College game day will probably come to town. Alabama's coming to town. I mean, we're sitting here saying it could be doom and gloom. It could be the makings of a just a special season too. And yeah. there, there's not going to be many people predicting it or forecasting it. But uh, I mean, the schedule does set up well if you can, you know. And again, maybe you come out and you just beat the hell out of New Mexico, and you start to get yeah. that momentum. You go on the road, you kill Miami, then all of a sudden, you, you know, you're just – that wave of momentum could carry on, and maybe we do see the Texas A&M we've been hoping to see for a number of years. You know what? What What if, Mike, what if you could remove last year completely out of your mind? You know what I'm saying? Like COVID-2 hit. Nobody got to play football. We didn't get to. We didn't witness any of that shit. All right, right. right. And and now we're looking at this twenty twenty three schedule. If 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 last year's removed, I'm not talking about New Mexico. I'm not talking about Miami, Auburn, or Arkansas. I'm talking about Bama. Right. You know what I'm saying? A Jimbo, a, a coach that's beat Nick Saban before. Why can't he do it again? So right. you know what? I'm gonna flip it, man. I'm gonna say out. Give me Alabama. I Ooh. think that's an important important game because you want to get removed from a from a hot seat you want to get removed from pressure then you beat damn nick saban at home the the people are giving you another extension right and don't forget shane as bad as last season was you were literally a play away from beating alabama on the road 
Now, Bryce Young didn't play in that game. We, we obviously got to, you know, mention that. But, hell, he almost did it. You know what I mean? What <laughs> what uh, no one else did is it beat Alabama at home. So, got to say that. All right, how about Vanderbilt, Shane? Last one here. Uh, a lot of interesting games on the Commodores uh, schedule. And, you know, I'm looking at you, Hawaii, Wake Forest early in the season. UNLV, Barry Odom's taking over. That'll, that'll be interesting. Like I said, you almost beat Missouri last year. This year you get them at home at Florida. Wouldn't expect you to win in Gainesville, but, hell, you beat Florida last year. Uh, Auburn, who knows if things go sideways on Hugh Freeze. Maybe that's a competitive game. And uh, at Tennessee, you know, that's that's a rivalry that Clark Lee would love to get. But I'm going September 23rd, Shane. Kentucky comes to town. You beat Kentucky. You beat them on the road. Uh, I, I mean, there's no reason if you continue yeah. to make strides that, uh, you know, you shouldn't beat Kentucky in Nashville. So that's the one for me, Shane, where I think we're yeah. going to find out, you know, is Vanderbilt going to take a step back or are they, you know, going to stick around and, c- and continue to get better and better and better mm-hmm. under Clark Lee if they're going to win more than two SEC games? I feel like they got to beat Kentucky uh, that, that's got to be one of their, you know, three, four SEC wins, whatever they get. It's got to start with Kentucky. Absolutely, man. Did it last year, a couple SEC victories. You know, we want them to get bowl eligible. And, and to do that, they're going to have to win some SEC games. So I'm looking at the list, and, you know, Wake Forest is interesting. I thought that was a game that could have went either way last year. Uh, you know, so I could definitely put that one on there. But I'm with you. I'm going Kentucky. We beat them two years in a row, man. That'd be that'd be Coach Lee. That would be perfect for him. That'd be. I mean, that's that shows that they're build. They truly are building something up there in Nashville, and uh, I don't know. I, that's the one I've got on my list because people are still overlooking Vandy, but you know it's a team that's that's always been tough. They've always. I mean, they're scrappy. They're going to do everything they can to get a victory, and uh, it was big for that fan base last year. It'd be even more monumental this year if they can knock Kentucky because they'll be a they'll be a top 25 team when that game's being played yeah all right Shane well hey speaking of uh building momo uh, momo <laughs> building momentum <laughs> we got some momentum here for South Carolina of course you know those fans are so fired up and a lot of that has to do with Spencer Rattler back in action for another season. We'll get to that in just a second, but uh, we touched on it last time. The carry-on joiner playing running back. Sounds like he has really taken to his potential new role. They only got two scholarship running backs. If, if you count him, now they got three. I don't know if he's going to be a full-time running back, but uh, I just thought this was interesting because I, I when they first did this, Shane, I thought this was just an experiment to get some depth in. But based on Shane Beamer's his comments here, I think it's going to be a full-time role, not to say on Joyner won't continue to play quarterback and receiver at times, but it certainly sounds to me like he is going to factor in as a running back big time on this offense next season. Appreciate it. Um, you know, Shane, with the carry on at running back, is this a case of like, hey, got to have you here to uh, see what you can do and get through the spring? I mean, is it likely that he could carry this on and, and play a lot of running back in the fall? Yeah, I think, David, it's it's all the above. It's um, When I first met with to carry on about this, it was look around to carry on. Our depth at running back right now is not very – we're not very deep. 
in that running back room. And um, it's an opportunity for you to go in there and get some reps as well. If it was also two, we're a better football team when you're on the field. And there's a lot of things that you can do as a football player. You can catch, you can throw, you can run as well. Knew it would be somewhat of a seamless transition because he's done a lot of the quarterback stuff and the run game at quarterback also. So it was, hey, let's, let's get you some reps. Uh, we need you, and it's an opportunity for you to let's see what you can do. And um, the more you can do, the better. I use the example with him of uh, Taysom Hill the, with the New Orleans Saints, a guy that played some quarterback in college, I guess, does a little bit of everything for the Saints as well. So DK is a leader on this team. DK is just a really, really good football player. And But having said that, I think his transition has been – I don't want to speak for everybody else, but for me, even better than I anticipated it. I mean, he's very, very natural at it. He's got instincts. He's got vision. Uh, he's tough. We showed the team this morning. We were doing a one-on-one -on -one pass rush drill where it's the running backs versus the linebackers and one-on-one -on -one pass pro. And DK's first two reps ever as a running back are like, textbook everything that Montario Hardesty teaches at the running back position when how to block a blitzing linebacker DK was was awesome so he's he's embraced it and, and ran with it pardon the pun and and uh, we'll see where it goes and, and my conversation with him was we know what you can do at receiver we know what you can do at quarterback we're not going to get away from that but we got 15 spring practices let's let's uh, see how this running back thing goes and we can always go back to receiver but it's also something that we can continue to expand as um, as we go now Shane, I, I forgot all about this and it, it's interesting Shane Beamer kind of compares him to Taysom Taysom Hill up there with the Saints but yeah. remember the last time they beat Georgia the carrier Joyner was the quarterback and I was like what was that seven eight years ago? But no, that was during the the carry on joiner oh, wow. era. Uh, that that's wild to think about. But uh, you know, he, he is truly a story, Shane, that should be celebrated in college football. A lot of these guys, you know, that wants to play quarterback, but he moved to receiver to help the team. Now he's moving to running back. I mean, this is a this is a true gamecock through and through. You know what? Yeah. It is funny you say that because there's some some players come through and you're like, damn, how many years have they been up there? You know, so <laughs> just getting them on the field, I think that's that's the key here. It's it's depth that they need. So you know, I'm excited about that, and it seems like he's really taken to that role, uh, or at least that opportunity, Mike, because those little those little X factor guys, those those little you know, they're they're the ones that that can really flip the script. They're the ones that can take a momentum swing or just take a, a little four yard route to to the house, you know, and then just change the whole momentum of the game. So I, I think I think it's important that he is on the field, and it seems like they're that he's really embracing that opportunity. Yeah, and then the other clip I wanted to play, Shane Spencer Rattler, his growth. There in South Carolina, going into year two, uh, let's kick it over to Shane Beamer one last time. What's kind of the biggest difference you've seen in Spencer coming into spring practice this year versus you know where he was last year coming in brand new? I think it's um, just the confidence that he's playing with. Not that he wasn't confident last year, because last year he was learning a new system, and this year he's learning a new system. There's some carryover, but there's a lot of newness uh, to what we're doing as well. Uh, but he's he's very confident very comfortable and to me it's just the leadership that I've seen from him you know he last year he came in at this time and 
And uh, I've said it before to you guys, he wasn't really trying to impose his will and force his leadership upon anyone. He was trying to earn their respect and earn a role and, and go from there. Now everybody knows what he can do and what he's done here at Carolina. And he's been much more of a – it's very clearly his team. It's very clearly his offense. And uh, the, the leadership that he's showing out there, just being vocal and, and talking to people, that's the biggest thing that I've, uh, that I've noticed from him. Now, why I wanted to, to play this, Shane, because, you know, think about transfer quarterbacks that have come in that in year two really took off. And I'm thinking guys like Hendon Hooker, Joe Burrow, and not a transfer guy, but year two, new system, Matt Corral playing for Lane Kiffin really, really took off. I, and, I, you know, I think you could see some comparisons there with Spencer Rattler. And if the Gamecocks are really – going to reach that next level it's going to have to be because Spencer Rattler comes out here and is the gunslinger that we saw to end the season and uh, you know these are just comments here but uh, I just kind of that just kind of occurred to me as I heard Shane Beamer talk about this and uh, you know if I'm a Gamecock (laughs) I mean this this could be what defines your season I mean, I think it will be how well yeah. Spencer Rattler plays and, um, you know, it, growing in that leadership role because he's got all the talent in the world. For sure, man. All right, good, good insight. No, 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 no. no I, I didn't know if you were playing the clip now. Uh, no, I'm just I, – I think it's – I you know, the thing is, man, it's like when I think of South Carolina, I think of – I think of the Tennessee game. I think of the Clemson game, and I know it's stupid. We can't we can't take the whole season into those two ball games. But man, he was dialed in, and when he's dialed in, when he's super confident, you know, it just made everyone around him better. And, and I think that confidence is what he's going to have to have coming in the season. But the entire year, not just one or two, you know, pivotal games. I'm talking about if he wants to play on Sunday, man. You know, and that's why he came back is because he is auditioning for the NFL. He's got to take this team, and and he's got to put them on his back, and he's got to go out here and show everybody that he's more than just a player. He's a a leader, you know. So this is a a big year because we've got a lot of guys not returning. You know, when you talk about returning quarterback talent, the SEC is kind of down this year, Mike. You know, there's going to be a lot of new faces running around. So this is an opportunity for him to to excel and, and 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 go past what we what we think South Carolina can do. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of quarterbacks, uh, <laughs> I mean the the biggest quarterback competition in the SEC is in Oxford. Let's kick it on down to Ole Miss, where they just opened spring. Shane and of course they got Jackson Dart coming back, Spencer mm-hmm. Sanders, the the transfer from Oklahoma State. Four-year starter, and then they added the LSU transfer, Walker Howard. It's a mismatch of, of all these quarterbacks. They all do different things. Uh, two of them have experience. Jackson Dart, of course, experience in this system. Lane Kiffin, I think he's off coffee. I think he started that this week, Shane. Let's kick it over to Kiffin on <laughs> this quarterback competition and how they evaluate these guys uh, in the spring. Kind of set the stage for us with how you see a quarterback position as spring opens up. Just you know, how how do you see that? Um, I just see it being very competitive. Uh, I think the Jackson. We actually have been allowed to throw with them, which is a newer rule. I think in the last year or two, um, 
you know, before the break, before we weren't allowed to do that with the ball. Uh, and so I think Jackson uh, is throwing really well. I actually was out in California. He happened to be at the same place as Knox throwing. And uh, his dad was out there and commented on that, that <clears throat> it looks like, you know, in the last season and the first year playing so much, um, to have some time to recover. It's gotten stronger and has looked really good and, and much improved. So that's exciting. Spencer um, was a little limited in throwing initially um, with a previous injury, but he was out there today taking reps. So uh, excited for all three guys. Um, you know, much different than where we were a year ago, um, in my opinion, as far as uh, depth quality in the room. I mean, what, what are the data points at this time of the year specifically that you're looking for with those three quarterbacks that you kind of try to figure it out? I mean, we our evaluations, you know, usually comes down to timing, accuracy, and decision making are three things that forever we've kind of looked at. But uh, we got a long time, spring and fall, uh, to figure it out and let guys play and you know, the goal is to improve depth of every room that you have, and that's when you become a really good team. Uh, I think that, you know, if there was, you know, some rating of quality of the room, I would certainly think that that room's improved from where it was a year ago. So um, basically to have two returning starting quarterbacks and, you know, very high-profile recruit in there um, that redshirted last year, is you know really good and a lot different than once Luke decided to transfer where the room was, especially as you look at basically around the bowl game time. You know, it's pretty smart. If you don't want to answer questions, just be boring <laughs> as hell. You know, and then they'll be like, well, you guys want to talk to Lane Kiffin or you want to go down? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he is definitely one that turns it on. For uh, yeah. you know, national media and all that, and then and then these team settings, he, he gives you little to nothing. But uh, you know, again, this this is going to be the most interesting battle, like I said, all across the SEC. And I don't think there's going to be any. Do you do you think that? I mean, what what makes you say that? I mean, because there's going to be a lot of battles in the mm -hmm. SEC. What what stands out to this one that makes it the best for you, or the most most intriguing for you? Well, for me, Shane, I think it's the most intriguing because it could go any of the three ways. And, and not only that, but from what I understand, I mean, Jackson Dart really won this team over. And I know he didn't perform well at the end of the season, but he was banged up. I mean, go back and watch that bowl game. I know it's awful to watch, but that when they got smashed by Texas Tech, I mean, I, he, I thought he was like knocked out for the season. And they could not yeah. keep him off the field. I mean, the kid was a warrior. They didn't have any other quarterback. So, um, you know, I think he's won that locker room over. And the fact that they brought in a Spencer Sanders, an accomplished quarterback, all Big 12 selection, put up insane numbers in Oklahoma State, everyone assumed, well, I guess, you know, you don't bring a guy in like that to sit. You bring him in to play. Right. What kind of fire is that going to light? under Jackson Dart. I'm fascinated to see. And I, I really do think Jackson Dart, as long as he progresses, I think he's going to win this job. I really do. 
Um, and then Walker Howard, I mean, all the talent in the world, his dad played at LSU. That was a quarterback LSU hated to see leave the program. I would not write him off either, but it just seems, it seems a little bit of a stretch to look at Spencer Sanders, multi-year starter, Jackson Dart, two-year starter, although the first year at Southern Cal, I think he only started four or five games. But, you know, the, yeah. l- looking at their experience, it, it seems like it'd be tough for Walker Howard to beat them out. But I don't rule him out either. So, uh, and, and we all know, Shane, I mean, Lane Kiffin, when he gets his hands on these quarterbacks, they, you know, he, he is one of the best in the country at getting the most out of these guys. So, right. I, I mean, I think there's some real star power under center, the potential, and, and of course – you know, mixing that with uh, Judkins, who's the best running back in the SEC, according to many. Right. I mean, this this could be the sleeper of all sleepers here in the SEC in Oxford. Okay. I was just curious. Yeah, make good points. And, and we always wonder, you know, you know, if Dart – if you swapped quarterback A with Dart, you know, what would Ole Miss look like last year? You know, because I really think you got the best out of him. You know, so how much does that increase in the offseason? Because, you, as you mentioned, Kiffin's really good at developing these guys. But have we have we reached a ceiling with Dart that, you know, this is as good as it gets? Or, you know, is maybe that why he's got this competition in there to make him better? So, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, I am very interested to see how that plays out for sure. And then Kiffin uh, briefly also talked about, you know, bringing in Pete Golding, the new defensive coordinator, and how that transition is going there in Oxford, even though, you know, it's obviously very, very early. How important are these next few weeks for the defensive install with the new defensive coordinator? I think it's really big, very different scheme than what we played before. And so, um, as well as some new pieces and some guys injured and some guys limited in what they're doing. And again, new coaches, um, not just Pete. So uh, a lot of work to do there. And um, we've seen the system work really well at a lot of places. And now we just got to get our guys to learn it. Now, here's something to think about, Shane, that, uh, you know, Pete Golding, obviously, uh, in Alabama's defense regressed under him I would mm-hmm. I think that's fair to say and he was not one of the best defensive coordinators in the country although he was a good one here's the thing with Ole Miss though Shay, they don't need some elite defense to be a good team they just need to right. not be awful on defense <laughs> yeah. and when they're, they're losing streak last year Shay, they they gave up over 35 points per game. That was a big reason why they, they were losing all those games. So, I mean, yeah. if we can shave that down to like 25 points per game, again, I think this could be a very, very dangerous team that not enough people are paying attention to. Lane Kiffin, again, I know the, you know, we, this last, the end of last season was such a dud. But prior to that, there's a reason why he was at the very top of a lot of these Auburn wish lists. I mean, the guy has proven to be a very, very good coach. And if he can get the most out of this team, I think they're going to be a real factor and potentially a threat to win the SEC West next season. Yeah, I am kind of – I, you know, because there's always a sleeper. There's always a team that people are overlooking. Uh, lately, it feels like it's always out of the West. You know, I, I'm looking at you, LSU. I, I didn't expect that last year. But is this the is this the season that Ole Miss starts 
start really making some noise. So, I don't know, man. It's all about quarterback. You know, I, the defense. Yes, I know is an important part, but you know, you you just got to outscore them, man. That's that's twenty three football right now. Is you just you got to go out there, you got to outscore them, and and I've got confidence Lane Kiffin is going to get the most out of that offense, and 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 maybe maybe they don't have to score as many points this year, so that would be good too. So <laughs> right now, last little update here, Shane. Let's kick it on down to the plains where. It sounds like T.J. Finley is getting more reps with the starters. I, again, it's very, very early, so I'm not sitting here saying they're going to name him the yeah. starter. But, uh, man, he just seems, seems like – Seems like I've of, heard this one before. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, he's one hell on of a, me. He's one hell of an off-season quarterback, I guess. <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know, what does that say about uh, Robbie Ashford and, and the other quarterbacks on that roster? It doesn't say much. Still anticipate Auburn will be, you know, a very much a, in the – uh, race for any quarterbacks that enter the portal after mm-hmm. spring football. So let's kick it over to Hugh Freeze, who uh, it doesn't sound very happy necessarily with his quarterbacks, even though he does kind of compare Robbie Ashford to uh, what he saw in Malik Willis there at Liberty, who he ended up getting to the NFL. Um, they're, they're, they're very coachable. Um, it's very new what we're asking them to do. And uh, truthfully, I wish we were further along after uh, Friday's, after watching Friday's tape. Um, but it's certainly not from a lack of want to or, and I'm not even sure it's uh, a lack of, uh, of can do. Um, we just, I think we've got to coach it better and hopefully we'll see a turn toward uh, a better understanding of what we're trying to do this week. Um, but again, it's been, it's been, uh, I've been very encouraged by their willingness to, uh, to listen and to be coached. And we, we met a good while yesterday and just me kind of making sure we're all saying the, the same things about what we're wanting to do in our, whether it's our RPO offense or our um, progressions and reads. And um, so hopefully we can coach it a little better this week and see, you know, practice seven, eight, nine this week. Uh, hopefully uh, we elevate the play there. Coach, circling back around the quarterbacks, uh, you know, you talked about the evaluation that's happening right now with those guys in that room. Uh, can you talk about what, how you guys are evaluating a quarterback like Robbie Ashford who brings a different dynamic that's hard to evaluate when the quarterbacks can't go up? Great question. I don't know. It's, uh, I don't say that to be funny. But uh, I, truthfully, I remember vividly um, when we uh, got Malik Willis uh, to Liberty. Um, all, all you had really heard was, you know, because there was no significant snaps of him doing what we wanted to do in the college game. I mean, I think he had like 15 snaps in his tenure here, and they were all pretty much zone read. And um, so you get him, and there, there are people that practice really, really well. There are people that don't practice as well. I've had, I've had those before. You know, Bo Wallace was not a great practice player at all, but played well in, in the games. Uh, Chad Kelly was 
a good practice player and a, and a good game player. So you've, you've kind of had them all. Um, and truthfully, going in that fall camp with Malik, I had no clue if he was going to be a complete player um, because you just – you don't evaluate that portion of the game that you're referring to because we're not letting anybody – I mean, the whistle's being blown as soon as he, he pulls it down. And we get in the first game, and, you know, it's about – it was against the defending champions of Conference USA, I guess they were in at the time, Western Kentucky, who who's, I think does a great job. Um, and we're in the fourth quarter, and this guy rips off three throws, pulls down his own read, and runs for 30 or 40 yards, and looks like a tailback when he ran it. And so my point is, I know the question's about Robbie. I don't know that, because I haven't witnessed him in, in the games. I've seen the tapes and stuff. But I think it's very hard to evaluate just how good he can be practicing the way we do. So it's, it's, it's hard for me to answer. I think uh, I think TJ is the 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 next Miles Brennan, you know. That's a good one. All right, Shane. So again, based on that, very early in the Hugh Freeze era here, but uh, I don't know. I I don't know how fired up I'd be about our quarterback situation if this is what I'm hearing. You know what I'm hearing. Cujo back here in the background. <laughs> you ordered some Grubhub a few minutes ago, and it's just now getting here. Pods last a little longer than you thought, huh? <laughs> Shane keeps dragging this stuff out. So, uh, I'm sorry. What were you saying about Hugh? I don't even think I got this clip. It, does, it just doesn't sound like, uh, you know, like they're too happy with the quarterbacks, basically. Well, maybe part of the reason why he's down there, you know, because these right. guys just – they. They're only as good as they could be, and and I don't know. I, I'm not panicking or anything like that because I really do think Hugh's going to make the right decision down there. But you know, it does. It's not. It's not the words you want to hear. It's not the words of encouragement. You know, you want to hear in the spring. You want to hear that. Hey, these guys are adjusting quickly to my system. Mm-hmm. But you know, that's what spring ball's for, man. It's to separate and, and find out who's your players and who's not. Well, buddy, hey, we went a little bit long on this episode. You got anything else before we uh, hop off the line? No, no, I just find it funny. Mike's always like, hey, it's going to be real quick one. I'm like, damn, every time he says that, it's going to be the longest damn one, you know? (laughs) (laughs) But I love it because the more we do it, you know, you're like my therapist, you know? I don't have to pay anybody. I can just kind of just say what I'm thinking to you and the the fans here. So, But, no, in all seriousness, if uh, I appreciate – you know everything you've done uh, to put this show together and and of course i appreciate everybody out there listening that's the only reason we're doing it and you know if you got a if you got your iphone just jump on there give us a quick review that really does help us out uh we are on the the youtubes uh mike's pretty good at putting all that stuff out i even tried a, a tiktok page i don't know if you guys mess around with that but it's starting to take off as well so jump on there give us a quick follow uh any support is appreciated yeah we don't ask for much do we shane so the the show's free do uh all these things are free to do for us so we really do appreciate 
uh, each and every one of you and everything you can do to help grow the show. And if, hey, if nothing else, tell, tell a friend that loves SEC football about the show. That's truly the best way you can help his show Absolutely. grow. So, hey, that's going to do it for this episode of the show. I appreciate you as always, buddy. I appreciate each and every one of you for hanging out. We'll catch you on the next one. All right. See you guys. Go balls. Coming for you, South Carolina. We're coming for you. <laughs>